0: Hi, and welcome to OCR Radio, hosted by The Athlete, also known as Steve and Steph, where we bring you weekly interview guests. And if you haven't checked out the 12-part Getting Started series, go check it out. We've included tons of information for getting started in obstacle course racing. Now on to the show. So, today on OCR Radio, we have David Weck. David Weck is the inventor of the Bosu ball, that half domed blue ball that you see everywhere and actually use. Um, and so he really specializes in running. We were on the same interview for the local ESPN radio station. So that's how I was able to meet him. But once we started talking, I was like, Oh my God, can you please come talk about running for obstacle course racers? A lot of times we, um, you know, we have some kind of running experience, but I mean, after talking to him, I realized that just a little experience isn't going to cut it. So, welcome.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. It's wonderful to be here. And I know obstacle course racing is just only growing. And it's such a wonderful uh, camaraderie and challenge. And it's, it really provides people with a reason to work so yeah. hard between those races that, you know, I, I, I see the sport and I, spe- I see it growing. And I know you're a real avid fan.
0: Yes, you are absolutely right, and you're, you're spot on with a reason to train in between.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the big lures of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, because you always have something coming up. Tell us about your background with running, how you became so passionate about this, because um, we're going to get really get into the form part of it and how we can run efficiently.
1: All right, so I grew up an athlete, and one of my quests during that uh, competitive phase in athleticism, high school and college, I was always seeking to run faster, because the faster you are in the sport of football the, and track, the better you are, and so I was on that quest since uh, you know preteen to run faster, so I studied everything under the book, and um, learned everything about conventional wisdom and then after inventing the bosu ball it provided me some unique opportunities a lot of time and resources to explore it in many ways the ability to work with some of the world's best including the world's second fastest man ever uh working with people who can't even walk and regaining the ability to walk so i study gait and gait is walking gait is running And I've arrived at certain uh, insight that actually cuts against conventional wisdom because it is the biomechanics that one must do to obey the law, as I say. So the law is gravity and biomechanics to fight that force most efficiently. And conventional wisdom doesn't give you the correct or ideal instruction and cueing to do that best so there are certain rules that exist now that don't obey the law and the law supersedes the rules so you can break the rules when you understand the law and that's what I teach and the clock is the judge ultimately my opinion ultimately doesn't matter neither does an expert's opinion it doesn't matter if the clock determines the reality of who is faster well then now we know what is optimal and correct Uh And so that's the results that we achieve. We get better results than we've ever gotten and better compared to the conventional training. And like I said, the clock, there's two things that don't lie. The videotape analysis in slow motion doesn't lie. It always tells the truth. And the clock never lies. The clock tells you the truth about what is super.
0: That's awesome. So yeah, you're, you're so right. We like to put a lot of like emotional judgment into all of this, but really it is science and that's what it comes down to. A lot of people have found me because I talk about how I used to run mile after mile. Um, I was also trying to out train a bad diet. So that never works, but I was running a bunch of miles and my form really wasn't that good because I ended up sustaining a lot of overuse injuries. I wasn't actually getting stronger. I was just increasing my imbalances in my body um, because I was more just kind of shuffling along rather than actually running. So what what are some things that we do? As runners, so like beginner, you're like, all right, so I got some shoes. I want to go get in shape. I'm going to go out and run. What is it that we're doing that could hurt our, ourselves that we don't realize, like in this form of running?
1: Everything boils down to your alignment and your balance. So the you have to have the proper alignment to have the optimal balance, and that's the uh, form of strength that you need. Okay. And so unless you have that optimal alignment, you now by definition have to compensate for the misalignment and it's that compensation that creates the repetitive stress injuries because the parts of your body that should be more relaxed are not as relaxed they're more tension and the joints are under greater strain because it's not lined up as it were so a a beginning runner you have several things working against you is that many of the people around you don't do it well either so you don't have a good model for what to do if you go to uh, a running clinic for example or most of them as they exist today you will be given instructions such as fall forward you know pull with your hamstrings these are cues that work directly against you keep your head and shoulders nice and level and square these are cues that if you succeed with your running you are not succeeding because of these cues you're succeeding in spite of these cues now elite runners and the fastest runners they will do the proper biomechanics but nobody is optimized and because it hasn't been identified what these optimal cues are there's not the proper training toward the cue so if your training misses the mark and especially if your training fall forward or pull with hamstring these things work directly against you they'll increase the metabolic load for any speed that you're running they'll increase the repetitive stress on the body so in a sense you're running slower with greater chance of injury when you don't understand the cueing and your training by definition is missing the mark so if you succeed with that and you hit your mark you miss the target And so you, what you need is the knowledge of the bullseye, knowledge of balance, knowledge of how to develop the strength with the balance, because strength without balance is problematic. Strength in balance is exactly what you want. And a lot of runners who especially do log a lot of miles have, uh, bone issues. So their bones become depleted of calcium and more brittle. Okay. So we have bone density loss because you're not in alignment. When you get an alignment, you're actually able to hit the ground harder, which makes you faster, with less wear and tear on the body. So if your running instruction is saying, you know, run really softly, run really softly, Mm -hmm. it's because they don't understand the alignment. When you have the alignment, now the impact forces are productive and those impact forces are generative in terms of increasing bone density. Because now you're getting the proper ratio of the structural components, which are the bones, and then the suspensional components, which are the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, and the fascia that unites the whole body. And it's a tensional balance between the rigid elements, which are the bones, and the softer elements, which is the muscles and connective tissue and fascia. When that has its suspensional or tensional balance now both structures are fortified because you're not compensating out of balance where you're getting a pull on the bone that doesn't yield the productivity which is pulling it out of the alignment so you get the soft tissue issues soft tissue issues (laughs) and then the bone isn't fortified either okay so myriad problems occur when you don't have that optimal alignment and Because it's not, and it's literally not known. I've been using a cue for years, and it was only relatively recently that the insight from that cue was fully realized. And then the training techniques to execute the cue all of a sudden emerged and became crystal clear. And you can use various modalities from a kettlebell, to dumbbells, to elastic tubing, to the, the Bosu ball, to, to a new product that we have called the RMT Club. Mm-hmm. So once you understand the principles, now you can really make everything productive according to those principles. And now you can make subtle shifts in the way that you're training with body weight even or whatever modality, whatever product, whatever tool and you can hone in your training to make it productive for more efficient gait. Better running, better walking. And when you have that, you have truly fortified the foundation for everything else. So no matter what other sport or activity you're doing, when you enhance the way that you run and the way that you walk, and it goes in that order. So... Running your fastest, mm-hmm. regardless of what your objective is in fitness and health or sports, even if you don't want to compete, you have to learn how to run your fastest because that's what creates the, the symmetry, the balance, the strength that is most productive for harnessing your total body for whatever activity, including walking. So you create more reserve for everything else. By running your fastest. It's the most important objective to own, even if you don't want to run. Right. If you ever have to, well, now you're fundamentally better at it. And that now allows you to work backward with more reserve for everything else. So you can walk with greater efficiency. And if you're taking 5,000 to 10,000 steps every day, think of the repetitive stress and wear and tear on the body. 80% of people will experience significant back pain that they need to Find some remedy for it's not Mm -hmm. just a little pain, it's a lot of pain. 80% of people that's
0: crazy.
1: 80% of runners in any given year are injured or dealing with some stressful injury. There is one cue that reigns supreme over all other cues. If you don't execute this one cue, there is nothing you can do to make up for the deficiency. Okay, it's the single most important cue. That a runner must do. It's the law, not a rule, but the law. And this cue is the simple phrase head over foot. Head Head over over foot. foot. You have to land at the moment of maximum impact, and you can chart that maximum impact on a force plate. At that moment of maximum, you need to have your head over your foot. And most runners don't do this and the elite runners all do this doesn't matter the sprinters and the distance runners they all do it but because it's not understood that this is the absolute number one cue they're not training for it so it's sub-optimized and even the elite runners when you analyze the slow motion footage they do it they do it they miss it they do it, they do it, they do it, they miss it. And every time you miss it, the next step is not as productive. The next step has to catch up for the fault of the previous step. Wow. So what you have to do is you've got to string them together. And the cue fall forward is one of the worst cues that you can ever get and practice in running. It is one of the worst cues that you can get and practice because running is not falling. Running is moving from one balanced position on one leg to another balanced position on the other leg, and at no point are you falling where you have to catch yourself.
0: Yeah, and I would think that would like send um, a lot more impact, like straight up your leg too if your body's leaning over your if you're leaning forward like you're trying to fall and every step i mean i feel like that would like make you way off balance and- well
1: what happens is the impact forces are not absorbed and transmitted and it's really a question of suspension and transmission okay so think of a vehicle yep. you need the suspension and then you need the transmission you need to take you need to transmit the force the energy that that engine and you need to transmit it through the body and the only way it transmits cleanly and most productively is when there's balance. And so if you're intentionally trying to put yourself out of balance by falling forward and catch yourself, those forces aren't being transmitted optimally and that affects the suspension system. It wears out the suspension because now the force isn't productive, the force is compensatory the force is making up for the alignment that is not there. And so you don't get the greatest exchange of energy with the least amount of, of bleed or leakage Yeah. so that you can't put force to and from the ground as efficiently and that causes you run slower yeah. and you have repetitive stress that otherwise wouldn't be there. So that is head over foot is the number one cue that reigns supreme. If you don't do it, you're not running your best, and it's balance. And if you watch a distance runner run, Mm -hmm. their head actually goes up as they're leaving their foot. So the head actually rises in elevation in between steps when you're in flight phase, as they say. When both feet are off the ground, your head is moving up. Hmm. So how is your head moving up, falling?
0: Right, that doesn't make any sense.
1: It's, mean, not, it's not falling. <laughs> it's and, and consider this, gravity's always on. So yes. in, that sense, in that sense, every single thing on this earth is always falling all the time. Yeah. And gravity doesn't care what your base of support is. Gravity doesn't care if your base of support is your foot or your face. <laughs> gravity's <laughs> not going to turn off, right? So right. you're falling, whether you are supporting yourself with good balance in an upright position or not yeah and and so we think you can think of falling in two ways falling is is falling as we all think of it but falling is also the force of gravity just doing its job yeah and you're either good at the 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 battle the fight with gravity or you're not yeah and the better you are with it the better every single body function will function and I'm talking endocrine system metabolic system, every Mm -hmm. single system but from if you have the proper biomechanics And this is why the Chinese and the Tai Chi and the, you know, the Qigong and the the deep meditation, what are they doing? They're marrying this physical balance with this mental-emotional balance. And they believe that you need harmony across the board. You need harmony in a physical sense to achieve the maximum harmony in an emotional, spiritual sense even. Yeah. So it's the most profound thing that you have, and it's always on, and it'll never give you a break, right? Whether it's your foot or your face, it doesn't matter. Gravity's going to say, you know what? I'm going to pull you down. And whatever stops you is what's stopping you. I don't care about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk, let's talk about running for obstacle course racers. What, what can you tell us that would make us, you know, so you see like a lot of people running out on the streets and things like that obstacle course racers. We tend to take to trails and parks whenever we have an opportunity. Um, talk to us a little bit about how our running technique matters.
1: Okay. Well, let me, let me preface it with a comparison to triathlon. Okay. Okay, so triathlon was sort of, it came before the obstacle courses, and it's three, right? You swim, and you bike, and you run. Yes. And the most important phase of that race is the running. Yes. You can blaze speed in the, in the water, and you can blaze on the bike, but the longest phase, and where you're going to get reeled in by the runner, yep. you, you have to be able to run, and that's the number one aspect of a triathlon. Yes. So efficiency is absolutely paramount in that. Now, with obstacle course racing, running represents the in between. So, however many obstacles you're going to have, and the various challenges, and the upper body strength, and the you know the different total body strength, and the the endurance for those different challenges, no matter what. You have to get to the next one now. Yep. Okay. So (laughs) here's, and what you want to do is you want to create the maximum amount of reserve for your energy in those in-betweens so that you can focus all of your energy on that obstacle, especially the weak links.
0: Yeah, that's true. Where you're true. working
1: harder. And let's say you fault an obstacle. Now you have to do however many burpees.
0: 30 of those.
1: You 30 burpees <laughs> and you're going to get no reps unless you do them all the way, right? Right, right. So, so that obstacle, let's say you got 90% through the obstacle, then you fell into the water and now you got to do the burpees, right?
0: On top of being exhausted. There you the go. Obstacle. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so
1: what you have to do to really succeed in those obstacle races, you have to train the obstacles, train the weak links, fortify the strengths, yeah. and then you got to get to the next one. Yeah. and you want that to cost you the least amount of effort and energy but get there the fastest True. so the number one name of the game is efficiency. efficiency and so what I teach people to do is I teach them to run their absolute fastest by enhancing balance and strength according to the proper balance if you if you think about balance as a concept imagine a vault to a bank the door Right? And imagine that it weighs 20 tons. It's, it's, it's three feet thick, right? They don't want anybody to steal the money. Yeah. The little clerk who weighs, who's, who weighs 130 pounds can push it with one finger. Right. Why?
0: Because it's of how it's balanced. It's perfectly balanced. Perfectly, the- balanced,
1: perfectly <laughs> balanced. And in a similar sense, the better your balance according to what is optimal, I like to call it the law. Yeah. The law of gravity and the biomechanics for your fight against that gravity is the law. So whatever rules there are in conventional wisdom, if the rule doesn't obey the law, the rule must be broken. And unfortunately, so much of the instruction now misses the mark fundamentally. Yeah. So what we teach is we teach you the ultimate cue and then the, that's the technique. Yeah. It's the cue and then the cues according to that technique premier cue okay. and then it's the training that fortifies the technique so you need to understand both the technique and then there's a wealth of uh, i mean there's a depth underneath that technique of training that you can now gear all of your training once you understand the realities of what must happen that you fortify that technique and you end up running faster yeah. You learn to do these things that you wouldn't think make sense, but they do. You learn to hit the ground harder with less repetitive stress, less wow. wear and tear on the body. Because the fundamentals of running, it's, a, it's an equation of force to and from the ground. Yeah. And the greater the force, the longer the stride length, the faster you go. So if you are, quote-unquote, running softly, you're running wrong because you don't understand the fundamental technique. You're still getting repetitive stress because you don't know the precise technique. But when you understand that technique, now you're able to make the force totally productive. You're able to run faster and create more reserve. Wow. So if you're running a seven-minute mile... And you can increase your top end speed significantly. Yeah. Now to run that seven minute mile costs you a lot less.
0: So then you have a little more for you have a little more.
1: Or perhaps you now get there in six twenty. Ooh, and not and not and not seven, right? At at the same level of exertion. Right. So you just
0: increased your efficiency. It's like getting your tires aligned on your car for the first time in a long time. Well,
1: what it is like getting those tires aligned, but it's also Enhancing the suspension of those wheels to the yeah. chassis and the transmission from the engine to the wheels. So it's a suspensional game yeah. and it's a transmission game. And if suspension and transmission, well, suspension will optimize transmission.
0: Okay.
1: Misaligned suspension will only hurt transmission and ultimately put wear and tear on the structure.
0: Yeah wow oh that's good stuff that's really good stuff because we tend to beat our bodies up um, out there on the course with the obstacles and things like that and so just I mean anything that we can do to make it better and I mean who doesn't want to just do work smarter not harder right
1: (laughs) yeah and I what I like to say is work smarter and work harder
0: yeah there you go (laughs) because then you get
1: the double return now you now you get now you get better performance Yeah. And everybody, whether you're competitive or not, it's all about performance. Yep. You want to optimize and really in an obstacle course, the reality is for most people, you're racing against yourself. Yeah. You want to beat your last time and you know, you know, if if you're a certain level, you know, you're not going to win the race. You're not going to be standing on the podium, but if you can cut three minutes off your time in the next one, or if you can cut whatever the, you know, the ratio is, then you've, you've won. Yeah. It's, it's, you're getting better. It's progression. And and that's the key. So it is performance basis for everybody. And one of the easiest ways to tie it all together is learn how to run more efficiently. Hey, we're
0: new. We could use a review, click the ratings and review button and leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. that's more than i'm just gonna go put my running shoes on that's incredible well what's
1: wonderful about it is once you learn it and there's other there's other techniques now Mm -hmm. that are underneath head over foot, head over foot so what we focus on with weck method running is your head yeah your feet your hands and then your center okay so it's in that order we want to understand the head over foot. And then we want to understand how that makes it happen, the the best exchange through the foot. And then the hands, the hands, the hands and the arms are critical and understanding the, the fundamental difference and similarities between distance running and sprinting, there are fundamental differences and fundamental similarities that you must understand to optimize both distance and sprinting. So, so can it's we talk two about two, that Yeah, just absolutely, a bit? absolutely. Okay. Two sides of the same coin. Because
0: I see a lot of people will uh, run with their their arms basically across their chest, and like um, almost their upper body is going back and forth, left and right. Like their the momentum is like it's all over the place.
1: Well, here's the thing: is that is actually not a bad thing, provided that is married with movement in the other plane called the frontal plane. Okay. So the frontal plane would be movement like jumping jacks. Yep. That's where the, the it's going across the center line where it's from left to left to right. Okay. Now the the transverse plane, that's the rotational plane, the back and forth rotation. Those two planes have to be perfectly integrated and balanced and the way that running is currently taught is they're focusing on the transverse plane without the correct understanding of what must happen in that frontal plane. Ah, okay. And and it's not a linear equation. So the arms will cut to the center line. The arms will not go straight ahead with efficiency. The arms have to cut to the center line and there's a certain individualization of what's going to happen with the hands and the arms. And it has to do with the counterbalancing effect. Mm-hmm. We call we, we call your legs springs and your arms wings. Okay. And basically what you will do is you have you can't rotate too far, but you must rotate. Okay. And that rotation must be combined with that frontal plane movement to give it the power and the efficiency so that it's safe, safe on the spine, and so you're harnessing the full power and not sacrificing power that and and technique that's going to uh, eventually end up hurting you through repetitive stress. Okay. So it's not necessarily wrong if the hand crosses the center line slightly. Yep. Some runners do it, some runners don't, but it's the necessity that everybody has to come toward the center. Okay. Which many running instruction doesn't tell you that. They say 90 degrees at the elbows and churn them back and forth. Yeah. 100% wrong.
0: Hmm. Wow yeah, who knew there could be so many technique things in running, right? Because like it's something that you can just naturally do. so you think that like nature takes care of you and just has you do it, uh, the way that you it should be done. but uh, and th- and that a lot is and it.
1: and that's what happens for some. yeah. so the elite okay. the elite runner is obeying the law. okay? Because their body intuitively naturally feels the the speed and the strength and the power of that efficiency. so they do it. Yeah. now, because it's not taught, you can't align the training with the technique. Uh, if, you don't know, if you don't know what the factors are, what the causes are underneath what's going on, then there's no way to enhance it. Yeah. And so if you're doing training that distracts from that fundamental purpose, you're in a sense wasting some effort in that process. And you're developing strength not in accord with the fundamental balance that is necessary. So unless you understand head over foot and exactly how to train it, it's 100% precision with that reality as your first and foremost goal. If you're not achieving that, you can't make up for the deficiency. So now what happens is you're able, and with Weck Method Running, we gear all of your training to getting better at the technique and getting stronger and more balanced with the technique so you yeah. get you have the alignment but then you're training all of your strength and your balance to go in accord with that alignment and that's why we're able to get better results with people who are already doing it yeah. and if you're not doing it i watched the marathon okay yep. new york city marathon marathon was this past weekend and i watched it and when the pack was 15 people in the beginning with the men yep i picked the winner Based on his technique, and I picked the first people to drop out based on their technique. Really? I saw the way they were running, and I said, that guy cannot keep up with the pack because he's not efficient, and that guy right there is doing it the best, and therefore, I'm putting my chips on the table for him. Wow. And with the women, same story with the women. I narrowed it down to two in the beginning when there was a pack, so I'm not picking out of two or three. I'm picking out of a pack. I picked the ones that were going to drop out, and I picked the winners. And with the women, I narrowed it down to two before the one became obvious. Okay. But that's how profound this technique is.
0: Do you have a show guest you'd like to hear from? Maybe you would like to be interviewed. Email us, podcast at ocrradio.com. the clinic that uh talks about all of the running technique efficiency how to set up your training plan now to train smarter and harder um let's talk a little bit about the weck method rmt what is this really cool piece of equipment
1: okay so we have a relatively new product called the weck method rmt club rmt stands for rotational movement training it's got several unique features that make it advantageous for better training effect than, than a cl- any other club or mace or product if your goal is the carryover to movement. Okay So it has a flexible club head and a shifting weight inside. So there's like steel shot, looks like you know BBs inside and they shift. Okay. And so what we're able to do with this thing is swing it with two principal means of deceleration. Okay. so that you can stop it suddenly and create this pulse of power because you can put the brakes on instantly because, yep. this, because the shot is on the back end of the club as you're swinging it fast. And then as soon as you stop, and you can stop immediately because it doesn't have the mass and inertia that, and momentum of a solid object, I slam on the brakes, and now the shot goes to the other side. And it creates a pulse of power that I now get this core brace all the way to the distal extremities, the arms and the hands, yep. and root it up from the ground. And so I get this ability to really learn how to brace and change direction.
0: That's and in really ro- And in a, in a
1: rotational movement. Okay. And running is side to side. Yeah. So, so it has that. And then we can also strike the club. Okay. Huge metabolics, very satisfying. it feel great after you've done it. But if you have a padded surface like a heavy bag or MMA mats, yep. you can swing all out and you have the benefit of more reps per unit of time than mm-hmm. a hammer on a tire or a mace. And you have the safety of this flexible club head with this with the shot that's variable shifting inside, so that you don't have the fear of clipping yourself with it. Yeah, I can I can swing that club full full force and hit my thigh, and we have MMA fighters who use it to bone up the body. Oh boy! Because what happens inside the club is that steel shot explodes inside the club and it dissipates yeah. the force. Okay, And so you never zing your hands ever. Yeah. And, it, and you've got all of these ranges of motion and, and different planes of movement. And, so, and it's about speed. Okay. Speed is power and it's self-regulating. So if you're a highly trained athlete, you go faster. Yeah. You're getting the metabolic effect. And if you're not so trained, you're not going as fast, but you're going as fast as you can go. So it's progressive regardless of the level. And the, the movement education that it provides, it gives it, we really focus on this non-dominant side training so that we, whatever we do on the right, we do on the left. Yep. Think about this. When you pray at night or in church, listeners, put your hands into a prayer position right now. Okay. I'm doing it. You just did it one way. Oh. Now, interlace your fingers the other way. It feels so weird. So weird, right? <laughs> so Like what, they don't
0: belong. <laughs> the, it, it,
1: sometimes people can't even line them the first time. Yeah. They sort of hit the fingers. Yeah. Because it's just so weird, right? Yeah. Swing a baseball bat or a tennis racket with your dominant. Throw a ball with your dominant side. Now throw it with the non-dominant side. Yeah. What yes. the RMT club does is it gives you this non-dominant side intelligence that makes both sides perform better.
0: So this, okay, I'll I'll relate it right to my own performance in obstacle course racing. What I realized is there is a rig, it's called a multi-rig and um, it's an obstacle and you have to go from, they set it up in different ways. Like they'll have some rings to a rope to maybe you have to hold on to a baseball and that, but there is almost always this horizontal bar in there. And what I've realized is that if I do not grab that bar with my right hand, I'm probably going to fall off of it. Um, and so this would be great training for, for, so I guess, let me take a step back. So when I can't grab it with my right hand because of, you know, my right hand is more dominant, there's other obstacles that maybe now there's like, if they put a rope in front of that, uh, horizontal bar. I want to grab the rope with my right hand. Well, now my ro- the rope was with my right hand, but now I need my right again. And so it sounds like this would be great for helping to train for some of those obstacles to be able to grab like both sides, work both sides, um, build up strength in both sides equally.
1: You get a lot of forearm strength and wrist and grip strength with swinging the club. Okay. And so, and it also provides sort of what I'll call the fundamental foundation okay so and and what i mean by that is we work with a lot of baseball players college and pro all the way to you know softball weekend warrior um, tennis Mm -hmm. golf and what i tell them is it's not a specific swing trainer it's the foundation for a better swing okay so the timing versus your baseball bat or your golf club it's different to sort of movement intelligence and what the rmt club does is it really gears it not toward work we give you is we give you this foundation of rotational power and balance so in that sense you're at the root of rotation so the connection from your non-dominant side to your center becomes more informed okay and so it's going to enhance your training through the strength of that non-dominant side and it's a long and strong it's not a compressive force with swinging a club yep it's lengthening it's expanding and you get this what we call fascial integration Okay. Where you're at the limit range of motion so that when the center pulls, the arm goes and the hand goes. There's no slack in the system. Okay. And yeah. one of the problems when you're hanging on to something yep. is slack in the system. Yeah. You're working too hard if there's slack in the system. And why can a seven-year-old do the monkey bars 15 times in a row but not even be able to do a pull-up?
0: Good point.
1: Because they have the length. And they're using the full structure. Okay. Now, we as adults, we have more muscular ability than that child. So we can do 20 pull-ups. Right. But why waste it in the hanging phase? If you've you've got to traverse the monkey bars, don't waste your muscle strength. Yeah. Work on the connective tissue strength. That's the free strength. Yeah. That's the strength that's not burning energy and, and wearing out. That's the strength that's strong. Right. Now- you combine the muscle strength with that connective strength, and this is what the club teaches. It teaches yeah. you the end-limit long strength. And now you fill it in with the muscle strength, and you have a better fundamental performance. Wow. So, And it will help you run with greater efficiency as well, yeah. and the rotational balance so that you're going in between the obstacles with greater efficiency. So club swinging, if you think about it, is as old as humanity. Like the very, f- the very first tool slash weapon was yeah. either a stick or a stone okay and stick reigns supreme supreme over stone when i'm keeping it in my hand a stone i end up throwing it i kill the rabbit with the stone because it's far away and i hit it and now i can eat it and now i survive i feed my family but a stick is how i defend myself in close range against another human being right who's smart like me right. and i now it's the skillful manipulation of that stick and a stick i can light the end on fire and once i light the end on fire the elephants will stand <laughs> down no lion is going to come try and eat me if i That's have fire true. if i have fire in my hand and what burns yeah. wood burns and what extends it away so it doesn't burn you is, is a, a stick so it was the skillful manipulation of a stick a hammer a club that is responsible for humanity being here today if our ancestors hadn't been able to do that and figure that out we wouldn't be here that's
0: so true
1: and and weaponry it's geared toward exercise it you know it's so funny when when you meet some farmer who sees us in california hitting a tire with a sledgehammer they're like what the heck are you doing you know, at least at least, I, at least know, I
0: grew up on a farm.
1: Right, at, at least chop some wood Weird. and get some work done, right? <laughs> right? Why are you wasting your energy hitting a tire, right? right? But the reality is is that we're doing it for exercise right. and we're not even burning wood in California, right. right? How often do you have a fire and if you do, no, oftentimes it's a gas whatever, right? Yeah. So it, it we are doing it for exercise yeah. and for movement intelligence and the RMT club is the best thing to swing. Yeah. If you yeah. want to perform better. It's the best thing to swing. That's
0: awesome. Oh, man. Cool. Well, thank you so much for going over that. And thank you for being here with us today. Um, this has just been really a great and very informative interview.
1: Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to obstacle course racers. If you want to become a better runner, come to a WEC method running clinic in six hours You will be transformed into a better runner in that very same day and you'll be on the path to becoming better and better for the rest of your life in terms of efficiency, in terms of your top end speed, in terms of not as much wear and tear on the body. So our next one coming up is January 7. Yep. January 7, 2016, or 2017, that's our next one coming up. We've got some very special guests, an elite uh, ultramarathoner and an elite sprinter who both have benefited from the technique and the training, and they're going to be there to share their experience and insight, and it will be the most important running clinic that you ever attend. So for all you obstacle course racers out there looking to enhance your performance, yep. looking to have more fun, looking for less wear and tear on the body, because I'd imagine that a lot of obstacle course racers sort of dread the running in between. We uh, yeah, you know, how many, how many, how many, how many crossfitters are like psyched when the wad of the day, when the wad is like, oh, I got to do these much snatches and I got to do this right here. They're happy. But if the wad is, oh, you got to go out and run five, four hundreds, right? With X number of race. Those are the workouts that some of them will skip.
0: (laughs) Yep. It's true. And the run, I mean, you're right. The run makes it or breaks it. It really does because the obstacles take up such short little bursts of energy. I mean, they're tough, but they're short in comparison that run is where you really make it up on that full distance cool well thank you so much
1: thank you stephanie it's been great speaking with you